video that won't have any sound, none of that will happen. <laughs> it's just going to be old-fashioned, just me and you. Uh, but that's the great gift that I'm so um, thankful for. I remain um, so excited for this opportunity to serve you this uh, phenomenal parish of All Saints as rector. Um, I um, have an opportunity to, to represent All Saints both uh, in national settings and conferences and also in parts of the wider Anglican communion. And uh, without rubbing it in their faces, there is no place like home, and I mean here on this block. Um, so thank you for extending uh, that call to me. And I'm very excited to be able to um, present this plan to you today, but I want to just note a couple of things about it. It wasn't that we weren't doing things before today. Uh, we were pretty busy. Um, and it wasn't that we really weren't sure how to do things or what we were up to. Um, this is a high-functioning parish. In some ways, it presents a challenge to, to lay out a strategic plan or a plan for mission when so much is just going so well. There is so much strength. And this, if there's a sort of fundamental message about where we're at as a community that I'd invite you to take home this morning, it is that we're in really great shape and that we present this, your vestry presents this to you as our plan for mission from a position of strength. That is not the common story across the Episcopal Church, and it's something we should just be mindful of, that when people come from other communities, uh, they can sometimes be looking for the crisis <laughs> or looking for the anxiety. Some people may be looking to create some anxiety. Um, but when they walk onto this block, I've described this to people who've, who've tried to capture what is it about this church community, particularly at worship. And I've said, yeah, it's phenomenal music. And once or twice you hear a good sermon, once or twice a year. And then uh, the others are great. But anyway, um, and it, it's a beautiful building. And these are, you know, it's one of the most exquisite spaces for worship in America. I'm a little biased, but I think it is. But it's not that. It's the energy that you're getting from the people. It's the fact that people love to be at this church. They love to be part of this community, and that's a deep and abiding love. You can't plan for that. You can hope for it. You can't lame your sort of 10 steps to success and get to that kind of love. It's just, it's, it grows over a period of years. That's why I think we have what we have in our church today. Um, I want to say thank you, before we go further, to everyone who took part in this process. Um, particularly, um, there was a moment of terror in the eyes of the vestry uh, conveners. These were the six vestry members. In fact, the whole vestry took part in this exercise when I'd moved them to a different room, which is enough to get anybody nervous. Um, but then they noticed that there were six round tables with chairs facing each other. Uh, and, and they have, uh, it was an example of how I've invited the vestry to join me as partners in leadership of this parish and to articulate to one another and for the parish and listen deeply to the parish um, that vision for the future that we wish to share in common and hold in common. Um, I am a firm believer that the health of a parish in many ways, as an institution, if you like, or as a workplace, is dependent upon the health of the vestry and actually the health of the relationship between rector and vestry. 
number of friends that I've had who said, you know, there's no, no shortage of ways that I can come up with a great idea that my vestry will find another way to shoot down. And here at All Saints, I enjoy such a, a healthy um, and life-giving relationship with your vestry. And I offer that to you as encouragement to think that maybe you might be part of that body. Um, nearly three-quarters of our vestry members serving today have never served on the vestry before at All Saints. It's a big church, there's 3,000 of us, so it takes time to kind of like get around in your turn. But I want to encourage you that that could be you because we're a place where we seek the best for the whole, for the whole body. Um, I want to thank the staff who've worked really hard and I've been pushing them to the edge sometimes to, to get us to where we're at on time for this presentation to have a, a plan together. Um, they have been stellar for many months working behind the scenes on this. Most of all, though, I want to thank each of you. Um, you may be interested to know, not only were there 40 pages of comments relating to worship and music at All Saints, but the comment section of our parish survey was 42,000 words long. I did count them, <laughs> one by one. Um, you are clearly highly invested in this parish, and without that, this plan would just be on paper, never be in practice. That is an incredible gift to me as rector that, that I'm able to be with you and journey with you as your leader um, because of that engagement. And it's deep and it's wide and it has been ongoing for many, many years in many, many cases. So thank you. So in a nutshell, if I can offer the sense of this plan in a nutshell, feel free, it won't offend me in any way if you start reading while I'm talking, in fact that may be helpful, but feel free to leaf through the strategic plan that is there at your hands to, to have it nice and close up. None of us have to squint at a screen with words on it. It's right there in front of you. But there's a core vision at the heart of this and I'm wanting to leave time for you to have questions, so I'm gonna move at a reasonable pace. But the core vision at the heart of this plan is for us to come to know, love, and serve our neighbors. And it would be fair enough to say why I thought we were. Um, and this is in many ways simply to define our work, to build on a strength that we already have. And there are two ways in which this plan in our vestry clearly understands that word neighbor, which, is, which are fundamental to this uh, plan. The first neighbors are sitting right here. We are one another's neighbors. And sometimes that's literally true from where we live, but if you, Lisa Bell Davis in our communications office did a Google map search of where people come to All Saints from across Metro Atlanta and beyond, well OTP if that's a phrase we could use. Um, and it, it covers the whole thing. You have to really zoom in to stop it just covering Metro Atlanta, get a really big piece of paper. We come, we're all sorts coming from all sorts of places and neighborhoods and walks of life. And we want to care for one another more deeply and more wholly. We want to grow deeper in our faith journey together as a community. We want to get to know one another. One of the great challenges of a successful, thriving parish is that, oh, you go to All Saints. Yeah, I'm at 11 or 15 and I sit at the back corner there and you're at eight o'clock and I didn't even know you existed. It's one of the great challenges that we're a big community, so how can we grow in that relationship with one another? That's not an uncommon uh, reflection that people have on a, a parish of our size, um, but I think there's a lot that moves in the right direction for us and you'll see in this plan our attempt to continue to grow deeper into that relationship uh, in with one another and to, to really be enriched 
uh, by one another's lives, both on our block and off the block. There's also that desire for us to get to know those other neighbors whom we've yet to meet on this block or off this block because of All Saints. On uh, this week, I took a walk around the block. It is fascinating how much of America you can see walking one block in Atlanta. <laughs> All sorts of different um, sort of walks of life, people uh, just around one city block, clearly leading very different kinds of lives. It's in a way that short walk is a story of our parish's life. Um, if I didn't believe that we had something to share, not because we're so phenomenal, we might be, but really something to share in the love of God, then I should do something else for a living. My, my middle son says, you should get a real job and we can buy a Tesla. But anyway, that's another issue. <laughs> <laughs> We've got time to work on him right here at All Saints, but... I'm a, I have to believe, and I do believe with all my heart, I've given my life to this conviction that, that God is real and, and is a, a real possibility of grace and hope in the life of the multimillionaire and the life of the person that's got two cents to their name. Everybody in between. That's what we've got to share. And we have been sharing that with grace and love and honor and respect for decade after decade at this church, and we want to do that more. So in many ways, this is a plan for us to be more the church than we already are. But I'm going to just take us through just some little glimpses of each of these areas. There are six areas. We broke the church down into six areas of our common life. The first that we thought about um, is, and in just basically alphabetical order, but communications and community engagement. And it's attempting to have us answer that question, how could we come to know one another more? How can we build up our communications. We, we have a communication set of, uh, if you like, platforms and resources that, that fit a previous era. And any of you will know from your own workplaces or other uh, voluntary or city uh, volunteer activities uh, and leadership that, that there's a need to refresh that, um, to meet the sort of desire for connection and information and relationship building that is um, that is open to us in this uber-connected age. Um, so how do we build that connection with one another? How do we better communicate? Um, how do we have ways into entry points into this community of faith? And also, how do we make those connections for people who we don't yet know on this block, people who may be looking for a church for the first time or looking to volunteer at Threads or Refugee Ministries? Um, the, the beauty of this church is that there are so many ways you can make your way onto and off this block. We want to make that easy. At the heart of it, one of the keys to being able to engage other people is to take the obstacles out of the way. And good communications are a really good way of taking those obstacles away so that we can come to know our neighbors even better than we already do. There's some tangible pieces to that which you'd see in time. One of them would be to uh, revamp our website holistically, both how it looks and what's on it. Um, we have a lot of weird language in the church, we're sort of particularly the clergy specialists at that, um, of having words that seem strange to the average person out there. Uh, I've, I've shared this joke so many times, it almost isn't funny anymore, but my favorite, one of the, the survey of a sort of religious illiteracy in America, people who are sort of thought that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. It's always been my favorite sort of <laughs> <laughs> indicator. <laughs> An indicator of the kind of trouble we're in. Um, 
and work to be done. And so if we, if we are sort of coded, if you like, if our language is hard to follow from the outset, we're not even catching up um, that, that ground that we know is there to be caught up out in society. So um, some of that will also be our in-person engagement. We are so blessed to have Zach Nyane with us as our new associate rector, and, and he's going to be getting out and about and uh, building connections. He'll, he'll be the guy that sits at Starbucks um, having a deep theological question with a, a debate with the barista, whoever it happens to be. Um, he's going to help us meet people um, and connect with the community here in, in Midtown all the way across Metro Atlanta. So we're deeply thankful for, to have him on staff now. Um, so that's how we might come to know, to build uh, relational engagement uh, and use some of our tools available, the, the wonderful tools available in the 21st century to do that work. How might we come to love more? Um, I don't think there's a shortage of that need in society that we might love more. And one of the ways is to grow deeper in our walk of faith. Uh, and that's, uh, that would be thinking about our formation ministries. And um, it's wonderful to see the sheer breadth of those opportunities and, and to hear the parish say to us, the vestry, we want more and we want to grow deeper and we want to explore our spiritual selves. Um, one of the hardest things we can find to do is to talk about how this sacred story that we gather around every week actually connects with us deep within. Um, but then we know that it's there in ourselves and in others. And how can we find a way to deepen that journey with one another um, in settings that are good for our kind of life and our schedule? So one of the things we want to explore in this plan is to develop small group ministries in the neighborhoods we live in. Um, I'm amazed. It doesn't matter what hour of the day you travel in Atlanta, there's always traffic somewhere. <laughs> um, and um, Wednesday night suppers, whoever dreamed up Wednesday night supper is an ecclesiastical genius. Um, absolutely phenomenal. This Wednesday night, if you've never been to Wednesday night supper, it, it is a beauty to behold. Um, the energy level, the volume level, how Carol, Carol Kimmel has got, got a special place in heaven um, for how she can both organize children and terrorize their parents at the same time. Um, <laughs> I actually managed to have all my children there on time and then forget that one of them hadn't walked in the room and I was doing all I could to sort of get on my knees and please, we want the big chocolate bar at the end of the uh, church year. Um, so, but Wednesday nights don't work for everybody. And um, so how might we build relationship with one another in the neighborhood that you live in, um, in ways that are appropriate for you? in ways that you have ownership and can build and, and be the ministers of the gospel that God calls you to. Nobody's gonna ask you to go out and knock on your next door neighbor's door offering them a track for the times from All Saints Episcopal Church. But I know that this church is really good at inviting people into your homes, having dinners and lunches and coffees and just hanging out. It's an incredible strength of how I've discovered Atlanta um, does business and does life. Um, so that's something that you already are really good at, and we want to support you in that kind of ministry out where you live and where you are. I've not made any uh, secret of the fact that I think that we should become in time um, real diocesan leaders and maybe eventually national leaders in our children and youth ministries. And that may not mean that uh, we have you know, 300 children at youth group, but it can mean that we have the most uh, 
intentionally and deeply thought out and excellent program that there is out there, that we can give it our very best and we can invest our commitment, our time, our energy and our talents into that endeavor. We have a phenomenal, I would say, kind of Cadillac kind of space up there for youth. I know that you've been here in the years when the attic really was an attic, um, and you weren't quite sure if you'd come back down again when you went up to it. Um, but we have a, a space that we welcomed the diocese to yesterday here in this hall, and we've welcomed children from, people from around the country to be part of that uh, ministry here by using that wonderful space we have. I want us to have a program and uh, our engagement with children and youth to match that Cadillac kind of space, and I think we're easily capable of doing that in time. So we'll be focusing a lot on how we can develop the formation of our children and youth as well. We also come to love one another in our parish life. Um, Laurie Begley would be here. Uh, she's at a family wedding, so I guess she kind of like, you know, gets a pass. Um, but I asked Laurie, what, sort of, what are you looking for? And she just says, I want people to love this church as much as I do. I think if Laurie Begley like, scraped her finger, she'd bleed all saints. She absolutely loves this parish. And because of that, we've got this incredibly vibrant set of parish life programs um, that have been built up over many years um, because of many of you also that you have uh, given of your time and your talent uh, to do that. And we want others to experience the richness of that life together also. You've seen that it doesn't matter where you go. We, in fact, we did it for Vacation Bible School, and we really managed to disturb the parents dropping their kids off for Bright Horizons in a good way. But the staff were encouraged to all wear these T-shirts and have coffee and lemonade and cheer wearing all sorts of paraphernalia and sort of, um, there was a river rafting theme so we had oars and life preservers and so on. And um, one of the parents at Bright Horizon said, I've never seen, uh, I've never been welcomed to daycare quite like this before. This is a, <laughs> you're a really friendly parish, like you, you go all out. Um, <laughs> and you've seen that when you come to church that we're spreading ourselves around and trying to welcome people and direct people uh, to, to get around the campus and just to feel that little bit more at home when they come here. Um, that's a, a large part of our work over these next three years is to continue to deepen our uh, Invite, Welcome, Connect program and how we can incorporate newcomers into the life of the church. We also uh, want to strengthen what I think is part of the sort of secret source, the secret recipe that makes all saints so successful, and that is our pastoral care, our care for one another. It is astounding how naturally and abundantly you as a parish care for one another. And we really want to match that uh, flow of love and care in the resources that we put into pastoral care. Uh, Tim Black is now a staff member overseeing all of our pastoral care ministries. We have taken on board a couple more uh, assisting clergy, Karen Evans and Denny Moss, to care for our church members who have been committed to this church for years but can't be here anymore simply physically can't make it anymore. And we're wanting to, to offer a really high quality uh, training uh, in uh, lay pastoral care ministry to equip the saints for the ministry of God uh, amongst one another. That's a key priority for these next three years. Um, we also want to be um, open to failing courageously, if you like. We want to somehow connect with, uh, through innovation, uh, with people who are, you know, there's, there's spiritual but not religious, uh, the nuns, this rapidly growing demographic, 
to find ways and listen to them what we might offer as a parish it, through our parish life programs, something that would connect to them. And in my experience of that in other places, you have to be prepared to, to fail really well. Um, and failing really well means that you try and you experiment and you explore and then you listen to why that piece worked and that piece really didn't. Um, that's gonna be a core part of our uh, work also um, over the next three years that we'll find ways to reach those who are seeking spiritual nourishment, perhaps not by the traditional forms of church life that we see today. Don't worry, there'll be no bouncing balls uh, during the hymns and uh, you won't have to wave your hands or bang a tambourine, none of that. These are things that are um, trying to be savvy and connect with folks probably on a Wednesday night or a Thursday evening or a Saturday morning, who knows what. Uh, things that will speak to them as we seek to know them more. So that's how we come to know and love. And the last one, how do we come to serve our neighbors? And this is a church that um, is deeply, deeply uh, in the mix as a serving church, and it's just such a great strength. One of the things that drew me first to All Saints was to discover that there's a full-time uh, director of refugee ministries. I've yet to hear of another church that does that. And um, that is a ministry, though, that began with the people of the parish. It was a lay-led movement. And one of the beautiful things has been this development of ministries, the history of Covenant Community or Threads or Mac and, and other ministries that have now since gone have begun in this beautiful sort of symbiosis, this life together that, that clergy and staff have recognized the leadership and talents of our parish and together these ministries to the world around us have been formed. So we want to engage more people in those ministries. We want to have them be more coherent by creating some governance structures to help that uh, be uh, a, a, a well-oiled machine as one body. Uh, we want to offer, and we've heard from the parish, that you would like to have more opportunities for just one-off service ministry. Uh, just a, a, a day or half a day, but making a commitment for ongoing tutoring as essential as that is and as wonderful and life as that can be or a volunteer at the thread shop every other week. Having a one-off service project is something that many people, interestingly, particularly younger demographics, uh, feel that they've got time to give. Um, we also want, also want to ask, um, what more are we called to do in Atlanta? How are we called to serve next in this city, in this metropolitan area? But also, how are we called to, called to take our part as part of a global church? Uh, we have an ongoing and life-giving relationship with uh, Theological College in, in Tanzania. What should our global mission look like in the 21st century is a question that I want us to ask and that the vestry is placed in this plan for us to really think deeply and intentionally, how does a place as blessed as we are with all that we have, be in partnership and mutual relationship with churches and organizations across the world in very different circumstances. So last but never least, it's just how it ends up in the alphabet, um, is worship and music. In many ways, the primary way in which we serve this city. And um, it's an exciting time. Uh, to give you the briefest of updates, our search committee uh, began its uh, Skype conversations with the first candidates of our, our sort of second cut, if you like, um, the second group from 60 applicants for music director. 
And uh, my favorite was somebody, I'm kind of being a little, you know, uh, but I'll share it anyway because, you know, we just don't, it's only being recorded and going online. But somebody did apply saying that um, I'd love to apply for this position. I'm currently teaching myself how to play the pipe organ, which I thought was wonderful. <laughs> wonderful honesty. Uh, <laughs> you got to come in for that. Kind of application that's a keeper, but for a different reason. Um, <laughs> And so we really do serve one another through the ministry of worship and music in this church uh, week by week, in fact, day by day. And we'd like to offer that in new ways, build on the strengths that we have. Uh, obviously, in very important transition in our music life and great opportunity for us to move into the next chapter in our music life, retaining the strength and character that we have and we celebrate on a Sunday morning. But um, it, it's a long weekend. And um, we've identified that perhaps our Sunday evening service is an opportunity, that time of the weekend is an opportunity for us to, to, to think very carefully, engage in probably a good year's planning process, to learn from other churches and to, uh, and to craft a new service that would reach new populations. Um, we also uh, wish to have more happening on this block in music and worship through the week. And so we have uh, laid out in the plan um, both noon, a simple noonday worship service that would be available to the many thousands of people who live within and work within walking distance of this block in the week, but also lunchtime concerts and, and, and fold into that opportunities for hospitality and um, relationship building. Nearly there. Um, the last one is how do we continue to build a legacy? If our vision is, is to to come to know, love, and serve our neighbors, how do we support that work? Um, I do know that um, the look of Ellen Hayes, a bit like Carol Kimmel, has, just fills you a little bit of fear and trepidation. Uh, she is short, but she is mighty. Um, <laughs> and the beauty of Ellen is that she knows this parish from, from the beginning, from the year dot in her life, and that she's also somebody who just uh, has this deep and profound love and affection for this parish. In other words, we trust her. And we trust one another um, to be faithful stewards of the, of the gifts of God that you entrust to us as a church uh, to offer those gifts to the city. And, and I give thanks to you for your incredible generosity. And we, because we always want more, and I don't mean more money, that God calls us to more, to deeper gratitude to deeper generosity to a deeper sense of how we might walk with Christ in that life that gives itself away for the sake of the world we also recognize that this is an incredibly talented parish um, I, I can keep on I can just go through kind of rolodex of meetings in my head when I can just pick anybody out in the room thinking boy I better go and get like guide for dummies on this because I really don't know I have a clue about this area of life out there, that you've got incredible richness in the talents that you have and the expertise that you bring. And we want to get to know that more and learn about you so that we can invite you into leadership and to help us grow and get better at what we do. We also want to be intentional about building a legacy for the future, um, to think about uh, how we might have a conversation around plan giving, as well as, I would say, a generational opportunity to have a conversation about this block. And, and that's where I'll leave it, um, that, that this October will begin the work of imagining what we might do um, to develop this block for the next 50 years or more of life 
here in Midtown. Um, it's a, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity in the life of a church like this for me and for you. And um, I know that we'll be uh, deeply and widely in conversation with one another and with the city around us as we imagine that together. Um, what's next apart from your questions is that the vestry gonna get to work along with the staff, but this won't work at all without your involvement and engagement. And uh, There'll be plenty of opportunities to join a task force or committees or just to be part of this process. And I warmly commend you to, to step into that role to help us make this plan a success, which I'm sure it will be. So I'll end where I started before we have questions, which is thank you. Um, in short, thank you for choosing me because you could have chosen somebody else, but you didn't. <laughs> thank you for that opportunity um, because this is a great privilege to serve here and I'm just filled with the excitement uh, at the possibilities that lie before us to go on this journey together. Um, I would gladly hear your questions. Thank you. I had a microphone, and Maurice is right where, oh, there it is. Thank you. Would anybody like to ask any questions? Yeah, Clark. I'll do my Oprah impression. There we go. <laughs> All right, am I in charge now? Can you hear me? <laughs> the, uh, of course, the reason why we're all here is because we have made a commitment, not just to the church, but to the whole point of the church. And sometimes I think, well, let me just first say, when you ask for questions, there are probably a million things that you've left out, and you know you have, and people may bring that up. But I think that's a great presentation, and I, I, th I don't mean to criticize it, but when I'm in church, it's the, uh, it's the scripture that we read more than any other church denomination that I know of, and it's the hymns, and it's the sermon which is always based on a scripture, whether you want to preach on it or not sometimes. That's why I'm here. It's to serve Christ, to learn about him, but mainly to be challenged by Jesus Christ. That's my real goal, ultimately. I wouldn't be here otherwise, and I think we're all in the same boat on that. And so I'm hoping that what we really offer in the end will show that as a kind of ultimate concern that we have, that lives can be changed, healed, resurrected from the dead, mm through Jesus Christ, and how we know God is through him for the most part. So I'm just asking that we keep that in mind, too, and advertise it if we can and so forth. And we certainly do if you're in church on any of our worship occasions. We certainly do that. And that's why I'm here. Thank you. Yeah. Amen to that. Thank you. Something I'm seeing about this church that's really great, it seems to grow in this way so much, is there's so many different types. It's, they used to say we're all sorts. And I like that. Different ages, different people, different people from other places. And we all add to it to make the church really, really unique in that way to me. Thank you. 
Any other questions or comments? Are there specific vestry members assigned to each of these? So who do we influence, who do we talk to to follow up? And we can, we'll share that uh, without going through each one, but there'll be communication about how you can follow up, absolutely. And there are there's specific um, groups. I can't believe I've stun stunned you into silence here at All Saints. Can't be possible. Any other questions or comments? There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Paige. I know the size is daunting. We're all sorts and all of that. But I want to know what surprised you most as you've gotten to know us. Uh, happy or not so much. Um, happy surprise or not so much. And then what keeps you uh, awake at night the most? Like, where could we help? Because um, there's a lot. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, maybe yeah. just answer one. I don't know how much time we have. My children keep me awake at night. Um, <laughs> the thing that surprised me, yeah, no. <laughs> that surprised me the most about All Saints, and I got an inkling of it, we managed to break potentially a world record in the, the number of human beings you could fit around a very small table in our rectory in San Diego. We had 10, uh, and, 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 and there seemed to be abundance of space. Um, that should have been an inkling that this is a church that loves to be in relationship, that loves time together, um, and that was really clear uh, on my, my first canoe guy. I kept him being told by the staff, Canuga, it's going to be amazing, just phenomenal. I thought, what is this whole Canuga business? The people are, you know, falling over themselves to be enthusiastic about what, how that will be, and they were right. And uh, actually, it was my middle child who wants me to get a real job and drive a Tesla. Said, um, <laughs> he sa as soon as we arrived home from Canuga, uh, he said, uh, we, we literally were at the back door, and he says, I want to go back to Canuga, uh, as in right now. Let's go. Um, <laughs> That is not always the case. I previously had been at Grace Cathedral in a very different role, more of a cog in the machine, if you like, it's a big machine, in San Francisco. A similarly sized church, actually, but they profoundly struggled to know one another and be in relationship. So it's the relational quality of this church. I think it's one of its greatest strengths. Um, I don't have a lot that keeps me up at night. Um, that could be a bad or a good thing. Um, the thing that keeps my mind focused is um, not, to, um, not to dream too small, not to just sort of sit lightly with it, not to waste the opportunity. I don't actually mean to be rector of all saints. I mean to be faithful to this call. And um, you have to thread that needle. Um, and sometimes you have to say, this is what I think the church is and be prepared for people to be unhappy about that. But to be willing to say, this is, the, this is faithful to the call that I felt and the call that I believe the church has been responding to for the last couple of millennia, and then debate that. Um, and I think that we you know, live in challenging times to have that conversation well, um, but the thing I would fear is to end up not being faithful, because that's at the heart of it for me. Um, there are people here that could help me with my kids, but we can talk afterwards about that. <laughs> uh, any other comments or questions? We're almost at time, but probably time for yes, Steve. It's not about my water skiing yesterday, is it, on the <laughs> Lake Raven? Uh, what new effort uh, would, is included in the strategic plan to engage more of the students at Tech? 
That's great, thank you. And actually, it's, it's um, we, the vestry, just in its last meeting, um, and this is kind of warrants a, a, a longer period of time, but uh, approved a, a plan that I've been working on for the last several months um, to, uh, to staff, uh, uh, using funds from the capital campaign, staff a position for a new associate rector position for a five-year term who'll be an associate rector for young adults and innovation. Um, there's also money going into the digital communications position and w some work to support our uh, new website technology and so on. But the lion's share is to somebody who will, um, some of my colleagues in the church are kind of afraid of people. It's an irony of the job. Um, <laughs> but um, so we're looking for a priest that wants to connect, wants to get out there and is savvy enough to understand that um, just talking louder and longer doesn't work. How can I listen first uh, to folks? So um, we will um, begin that search shortly. Um, and, and part of that work will be to, to have inroads into not only Georgia Tech, but all of the campuses in Atlanta. We recognize that that is the great demographic. Um, say the word millennial and most clergy sweat. Actually, it's true of a lot of things, uh, phase of life. Well, then there's the post-millennials or Generation Z or whatever we're going to call them. And, you know, the, the anxiety will go up even further. But the beauty is, is that um, when people have studied that age group, pretty broad age group, but the, the desire to have sort of spiritual depth in their lives is not abated, it's there, it's strong. They're just looking for it in different places. So how can we meet them there? And so this, this person will be, kind of have license to roam. Um, so so that's, that's part of the ongoing work as we imagine reaching out to young adults. Okay, this would be the, the last one. So you got warmed up and now we've got to get a church. So anyway, Pat. In, ad <coughs> in addition to reaching out to the universities, is there some consideration for continuing ed for the staff and the, the rector and the assistants and everyone else to keep up to date? I love that question. Are you saying that we don't know what we're doing? Oh, you could be. <laughs> yes, there is, and it's healthy, <laughs> a healthy amount of money, absolutely. Um, you know, in a, it, we live in a time in a way that the church is making up as it goes along in the sense that we're having to, we're moving into a new paradigm. If you've not read Phyllis Tickle's work, she's one of several writers that talk about how we're kind of in this big paradigm shift. And so um, we're trying to figure out how can we be the church, both that we are, I mean, in, in our traditional received forms that we've built up over many decades and in new unforeseen ways. And that does require a lot of education. We've invested quite a lot in that already this, this last year. Um, and um, you have to be discerning because there's nothing like writing a book and getting on the circuit and offering the same lecture around the country to give yourself a, a nice income. You have to choose where you're gonna go and who you'll be in partnership with. The short answer and the less expensive answer actually is, but most effective is to, to get off our block in terms of how we build relationships with staff and how I do. There's plenty of partners to learn from across the national church uh, and actually across other denominations. And, and we're one of the largest churches in the denomination and I really feel that we should have more of a presence at that table. I don't mean flying off to wherever to have meetings. I just mean being in conversation with churches of our, of our type particularly um, who are struggling with some of the same challenges uh, with, with joy and grace and sometimes confusion. So. Um, we endeavor to know what we're doing, Pat, day by day. I think that may be all we have time for so we can be on time for church. Thank you, each of you, for your time.